Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class today is sponsored by Sarah and Shai Mahani in celebration of the engagement of Elian Navarro and Michael or Michael Mahani. Mazal tov, mazal tov. Breakfast in the Class is also sponsored by Moises Moi Markovich. Dedicated for an abundance of berachot for Yael Markovich and Eliezer and Miriam Markovich from Mexico City. Hazaku Baruch. Breakfast in the class dedicated loving memory of Chacham Eliyahu Khalife, Alava Shalom, Lilu Nishmat Eliyahu Ben Shafie, a genuinely kind man of the most humble nature, close to Hashem, who loved and prayed for all by Gabby and Jimmy Kezri. Ruach Eden. And finally, breakfast in the class dedicated loving memory of Sammy's father, Morris Sutton, Alava Shalom, Lilu Nishmat Moshe Ben Adel, sponsored by friends of Sammy. Sutton in the Kahal. Shtabach Shemo. Sam, you have many friends in the Kahal. And finally, the week of Cobra was sponsored by David E. Ash in honor of you. And you have substantial capacity to do good today and every day. So today, I would like to give the class about David E. Ash. Let me just repeat that, because look, the look of shock on his face. I said, today I'd like to give the class about David E. Ash. David E. Ash has chosen to donate the week of cold brew, but also many other donations, in, uh, in a very specific format. A lot of people say celebration, in memory of, but David E. Ash is always in honor of you and your substantial capacity to, good, to do good today and every day. And I want to talk about that dedication. That is the content of today's class. The Gemara tells us about an interesting conversation between the rabbis. That they were asking one another what the most important pasuk in the Torah is. What's the most important verse? Different people said different verses, you can imagine. Somebody would say, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Someone else would say, now, nah, you can imagine different rabbis would say different things. Not everything that you'd imagine, by the way, gets in there, but the ones that are in there, you could imagine, are, are, the, are ones that, you could, that you'd, you'd have guessed. That, that's a really important pasuk. Yeah? That's a great one. Fantastic. Right? You can imagine. That's the root of the whole Torah. Fantastic. Right? Another opinion. Uh, you know, codifying all the Torah into one pasuk, right? you could imagine maybe someone might say, Bereshit bara Elohim. That would be a good one. Like, you know, God created everything. What's Judaism without God creating everything? Someone might say, Anochi Hashem Elokecha. I am Hashem your God. Those important pasukim. And then there's one opinion in the Gemara that brings a pasuk from this week's parasha, this week's parasha, and it says, he says that this is the most important one. Let me read you the pasuk that he says the most important one. And I want to share with you something which I think is fantastic. It says the pasuk, And his is pasuk, The one sheep you did in the morning for the korban, uh, the tamid, and the second sheep, you brought as a korban in the afternoon. That's a bit of a letdown. Right? 
one korban in the morning, one korban. That's that's the most important verse in the Torah. So the Baalei Musar all say the same thing. That what this opinion was communicating, this shita was saying, is that yes, on a certain level, this pasuk is more important than Shema, and it's more important than Bereshit Bara Elokim. It's more important than everything. Because it describes one word. Every day you bring the korban in the morning, you bring the korban every day in the afternoon. It describes consistency. Now you could have the most wonderful pasuk, the most wonderful experience, the most wonderful inspiration. You could have a miracle happen to you that shakes you to your very core. The guy comes to shul the next morning, he's on fire. Guy starts learning with Gemara with the rabbi in the rabbi's class. He starts going to the mikveh, but it doesn't last. And when something shines and burns that brightly, oftentimes those things, the things with all of the noise and all of the fanfare and all of the energy, they burn so bright, they burn out quick. In fact, one of the opinions is, <clears throat> seems like that when the Gemara tells us about the first Luchot, God gives the Luchot and the first Luchot are destroyed. And there has to be another set of Luchot. And one of the opinions why there had to be another set of Luchot was because the first Luchot were given in a way which was unsustainable. They were given in a sound and light show with fire and lightning and smoke and clouds and Moshe in the heavens and who wow, it's crazy and miracles and the letters going through. That's not Torah. Torah is sitting in front of a Gemara again and again and again when you're tired with your coffee like this you barely open your eyes. Being a Jew means coming to Shacharit, you know, when your father's life was just saved from a car accident and you're flying high, but it's also coming to Shacharit when you walk in and you're like... You know when the guy's sitting there rubbing his eyes for like three minutes straight? I'm like, Rochi, you didn't open them yet. <laughs> yeah, he's sitting there rubbing his eyes and rubbing his eyes. He can barely pray. You see he's falling over. This guy thinks that that shacharit is an abomination. It's the worst shacharit he's had. He's sitting there. He's not engaged. He's not focused. He has no kavana. And on a certain level, you're right. That's not the right shacharit. That's not the right way. But on a different level, my friends, this pasuk communicates that without the bridge of a shacharit milcha, shacharit milcha, boker, erev, morning, afternoon, morning, afternoon, without that consistency, you don't build up anything. Every team, you know, there's a famous line that goes about football, that um, you try and bet on a football team. They would say, the line goes, that any football team, team could win on any given Sunday. Remember that expression? Any given Sunday. You have one Sunday that Mahomes, I don't know, he's got a cold. A little twitch in his leg. The other team, that week, I don't know, you know, the third string quarterback, or Sam Darnold, you know, he shows up, had that, thinks he... He fell asleep he, on the wrong side of bed. He forgot that he's no longer the top number one draft pick. And he plays like he was supposed to play that given Sunday. But you can't build a career on any given Sunday. And you can't build a life on beautiful, amazing moments.
The only way to have anything valuable, a good business, a good marriage, a good family, good friendships, it's not about those great moments when you're standing outside with the boombox. Remember that? Right? It's about the consistency. So he says, you want to know the most important pasuk in Torah? Etakeves ha'echad ta'aseh baboker, etakeves ha'sheni ta'aseh ben ha'abayim. Now, I thought that there's something very interesting here. Because if this pasuk is really that important, that it would be the number one pasuk that you would choose, then perhaps we could look a little bit under the hood. We could connect a little bit on a deeper level to what we, what's being said over here. Etakeves ha'echad ta'aseh Baboker. Boker means morning. But the word boker also has other intimations. In Hebrew, the word for boker, it means morning, but the same letters, the same word, also means bikur. What does bikur mean? Investigation. Bikoret means when they're coming to your business and they're checking if you did everything right. Bikoret is when they're coming to check if you paid your taxes. One type of Judaism, says the Pasuk, is the type of Judaism that exists in Bikoret. And I want to explain something which I think is probably controversial, but who cares? I survived the toaster fire of 2021. I could survive anything. <laughs> could someone please make those t-shirts? So Stephen Franco, get on that. We all need for the 7.30 minyan, I survived the toaster fire of 2021. With a picture of a flaming toaster. I'm sponsoring anyone that wants one. I, I'm getting the first one. I'm going to open up my, like this in the class. Okay, fine. Ready? There's an amazing thing if a person is a student of history. Amazing. Because history operates like a pendulum. A pendulum is one of those things hanging on a long chain and they kind of send it and it just goes like this, all the way back. And when it swings all the way one way, the result is exactly the amount, well obviously minus a fractional amount of uh, friction and energy, right, if you study the law of physics, right? But it then swings back almost to exactly the opposite extreme. This pendulum, this historical pendulum, it swings with regards to politics. We choose a president like this until the president pushes a left-wing agenda too much and then the people can't handle. So what do they do? They go the other way. They vote in a guy like Trump. And then we go all the way to Trump and you have some people who love him, they think he's great, this, that, and the other, they want more, but you have a lot of people in the country that say, you know, that was too much, now we want to go left. And even if it's a more moderate left, but this is a reality in politics. It's what helps us shift back and forth in this country between Republican and Democrat. It's what helps in England go back with back and forth between labor, you know, and, uh, and conservatives, right? It's, this is a reality everywhere you go. People get sick of what was before and they vote in something new which has more to do, and I think we could all agree that the reason why Biden is president has more to do with the fact that Trump was the president before him than it has to do with Biden himself.
I think everyone would agree, even any Democrat would agree with you on that, okay? Now the reason why I'm sharing this is because this historical pendulum is true with almost everything. So you have a swing as an example to a focus on studying Torah, and then people feel, well we've abandoned the power of prayer, of connection with God, of, and we move away from study and into dvekut. So the concept of chasidut was a pendulum swing. The fact that the world today is swinging towards chasidut is a pendulum swing. And when I say chasidut, I don't mean long peot and big furry hats. I don't mean that. The word chasidut predates Sefaradim and Ashkenazim. We move from a people that are obsessed with the finer details of halakha, exactly how long are you supposed to pray, how many, which steps, which, how do you make the steps? We move from an analytical, a, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but a, a didactic, halachic Judaism approach. And then we swing to a free, spiritual, heart-driven Judaism. Head, heart. And as Am Yisrael leans one way, we almost always lean one way too far. And then you need a force to be able to bring us back to that place. So as an example, you get too hippie, too lovey-dovey, too singing the praying, you know, prayers, and then you stop praying on time. And then eventually you lose all all connection with the idea of what Judaism is supposed to be and not how do you make the Judaism that you're supposed to be practicing, how do you make it better? So you wind up forgetting about what time to pray. You wind up saying to yourself, we could be lax on this halakha, on that halakha, because it's really all about the heart. And, you know, forget it. That's what the pasuk here is telling you. One keves should be done bibikur. Exactly. What size? How? Like this. And the second one should be Ben Ha'arbaim. The word Arbaim comes from the root of the word Erev, which means nighttime. But the word Erev doesn't only mean night, it also means something which is sweet. Like we say in the Birkata Torah every day, Ve'ha'arevna. We ask God to make the words and the practices of Torah sweet, desirable. Says the Pasuk here, one sheep, baboker, exact, the right way, dikduk, correct, Germanic. The Yekis, they'll tell you how they do Judaism. There's a day where you take off this hat and you put on that hat. Like, you know, if you go from your black hat to your straw hat, they have their thing. Everything is exactly. You know what they say, uh, uh, what's it called? There's a very famous joke, Mom, I'm half of. My mother is from, uh, is from uh, Germany, descent from Bonn. So Yekas are very, very, very exact with time. The famous joke goes about the Gabai, uh, who used to, who, uh, what's it called? Who, uh, who said, you know, he looked at his watch and he told them, now is not the time to say Shabbat Shalom. Now is the time to say Shabbat Shalom. <laughs> you know, like exact down to the second they're down to the second. It's my favorite joke about myself. I'm half Syrian, half German, right? That means I come exactly two hours late, right? So this, this, this concept 
right? The, the exactitude is the first sheep, and the second sheep is Ben Harbaim, with love, with sweetness, with enjoyment. You know, there's no mitzvah to sit singing Shabbat songs at the table for all hours. It's not a halacha. But if your Shabbat meal is 30 seconds, kiddush, amotzi, mazet, this, that, next thing you know you're on the couch, there's no ta'am, there's no enjoyment in your Shabbat. So the Torah commands us to have both. And I think what this, uh, the Gemara here is teaching us, what this pasuk is, it's not just that consistency is grand. And consistency is important. And without consistency, you have nothing. It's teaching us how does one remain consistent. It cannot be all head and it cannot be all heart. And what's fascinating to me is in this parasha, we read about the Kohen Gadol, about Aaron HaKohen. And it tells us about two things that Aaron HaKohen wears, that the high priest wears in his service in the temple. The first thing that he wears that we read about uh, in the temple is we read about the tzitz. The tzitz was a gold band that, that he wore across his forehead. And the pasuk tells us about the tzitz. It says, Ve'asita tzitz zahav tahor. And you'll engrave on it, Kodesh Lashem, the words sanctified for God. And you put it on a string. It will be on the forehead Aharon. It will be always on his forehead. To be for a ratzon, to be God, desired by God, to attain Kapara Hashem. So we read about two things that are placed on specific body parts. Number one is the tzitz, always on his forehead. And the second one, which is the one that actually comes first in the parasha, is it tells us about the choshen, the breastplate that he wears, with the urim v'tumim inside of it. And the pasuk says, V'hayu alev Aaron, v'nasa Aaron et shemot b'nei Yisrael v'choshen ha-mishpat, and he carries the Choshen HaMishpat, the names of the Choshen Alibo in his heart. Tamid. So we read about two different types of Tamid in this parasha. One type of Tamid is Aaron HaKohen's wearing of the band saying, Holy to God. And one of the, command, one of the clothing he wears is the Choshen HaMishpat that has the name of each one of the tribes and that stays on his heart. One which represents a person's connection to the Kiddushah of God, the removed, the dogmatic, the religious part of Judaism. And then the second part, which is connected to the, to the heart of a Jew. Today you have many great Jews who have such warm, chesed-driven capabilities. And they talk all the time of tikkun olam. Tikkun olam. Tikkun olam. And it comes from the best of places. But somehow, over many, many decades, many of those Jews who have no connection anymore to Judaism and are still trumpeting tikkun olam, they forgot the end of that verse. Litaken olam bimalchut shakai, in a kingdom of God. 
Because ultimately, if a person only has that heart, you only do the things that you, you get into, you only do the things that are sweet for you, ultimately you're not practicing Judaism. You're practicing Judaism. See what I did there? You just made that religion up. You do what you want. Nothing to do with God. You find things that you like, and you're doing them. It's no different than you getting your favorite ice cream. Except that the ice cream tastes good on your tongue, and this thing feels good in your heart. But this idea that consistency is maintained by being on both sides of this swinging pendulum is how a person stays in the game forever. Hashem should bless us and our families and our community with the ability to never lose sight of the Boker Bikur and of the Erev Arev. Because ultimately, one without the other is it's unsustainable. People cannot stick to laws, dry laws forever. There's only so long that you could have someone do something with misirut nefesh. On the other hand, if someone's doing things without a great love, it's only so long you could be on fire and engaged and excited. The way I like to think about this is like the way I think about a marriage. If a person only stays in a marriage when they feel feelings of great love, then there's no question that they'll get divorced. Because there are times when a person's in a fight, there are times when a person's upset, there are times when a person feels distant, different things a person could go through or their wife could go through, and in that very moment they're not feeling love. When you're not feeling love, what holds you together? Your commitment. Your ketubah. Your promise. And when you're in love, you don't need the promise. But you need those two parts in order to stay in a committed relationship. God is no different. Employing Bikur and Arev is the secret to being able to stay a Jew eternally. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen.